Grace is going to come and uh, bring us a reading now from, uh, from Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. Joseph accepts Jesus as his son. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because that is conceived in her from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until he gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Let's just take a few moments um, to come before the Lord in prayer. If anything like my day today, it's been a bit of a mad rush. We're charging around, getting ready for tomorrow, all the excitement. So let's just have a moment of quiet, which we can enjoy the stillness of this time, and I'll lead us in some short prayers. Here are some words from the Bible that help us to reflect on the meaning of Christmas. The Bible begins with the words, In the beginning, God. And speaking of Jesus, we read in the New Testament, This is how God has shown his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. When the angel visited Mary, she said, you will give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Should we pray together? Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this exciting time of year where we can enjoy Many things, being with friends and family, enjoying good food, enjoying a rest from our work and the business of life. And we thank you that as we reflect on the Christmas story, we can think of the shepherds, people who were despised in the first century, who were laughed at, and yet they were some of the people who first came to visit the baby Jesus in the stable. We thank you that their arrival reminds us that you have come for all people, And I pray for all of us, if we're with our family and friends tomorrow or on our own, help us to know that we are loved by you. As we reflect on the wise men who came to visit baby Jesus with gifts, may this remind us that you alone are worthy of all of our praise. And as we enjoy giving and receiving gifts tomorrow, help these be a reminder to us of the greatest gift that you have given us in sending your son, that we might be forgiven and have life. We do thank you for the gift that Christmas is, that first gift that was first given 2,000 years ago. And as we enjoy tomorrow, I pray that you would help us to accept you as our Lord and Saviour and to enjoy life knowing you, knowing that we're forgiven, knowing that we're loved, 
knowing that our future is secure. And as we prepare our hearts for the year ahead, help us as we reflect on Mary and Joseph and their obedience. Help us to be people who listen to your voice, who seek to please you and live for you in the world that you have created. We thank you for the chance we have tonight in this quiet moment to remember all that Christmas is about. And would you keep us safe and help us to enjoy tomorrow and all the celebrations. For the name of Jesus. Amen. The second reading is from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with the God in the beginning. Through all him things were made. Without him nothing was made so that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Christ Jesus. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Well, we've been focusing a little bit um, this evening on space. And we talked uh, earlier on about Tim Peake and uh, the fascination that uh, humankind has with space exploration. Star Wars is a big space film out at the moment. Many of you have seen Star Wars already? Uh, not too many just yet. There have been loads of space films, though, haven't there, throughout um, the last um, 30, 40 years or so. I think the reason why they're so popular is because um, of the fascination people have with wanting to know what is out there, wanting to know everything there is to know. I think there's a few people out here who are old enough to remember the original uh, uh, Star Trek TV series. For old time's sake, we're going to play the introductory scene. Here we come to remember Captain Kirk of the Starship Enterprise. What he used to say at the beginning of every episode... Oh, here we go. It brings up memories, doesn't it? Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Okay, I think that's enough, thank you. <laughs> Don't want to get too carried away, do we? But, um, 
people have always wanted to make new discoveries, to gain new understanding, achieve new things. Um, In the Bible, in the book of Genesis, it talks about people trying to build a tower up to the heavens, the Tower of Babel. And for some people, understanding the world in which we live is a way of um, acknowledging the beauty, the creative power of God. For others, in its attempt to to demonstrate independence, the greatness of humankind, and the fact that actually they don't need God. Mary, the, the mother of Jesus, could have been forgiven for seeking to become a first century celebrity, seeking her own fame and glory as the mother of Jesus. But when the angel Gabriel appeared to her, she chose to remain humble and magnify God. And what she said was, my soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. We looked at this in church um, a couple of weeks ago, what it means to magnify God. We said we can't actually make God any bigger, any greater than he already is. After all, he's infinite, he's, he's perfect. But we can try and understand and appreciate more of his greatness and see him closer to how he really is. So it's the difference between looking at um, the moon in the distance like this, a small speck in the sky, and seeing it closer up, seeing it how it really is, like this. There's not really a man on the moon, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but... um, (laughs) But the moon would be something like that in reality. That's seeing something of the reality of the moon. And God is like that, magnifying God. We won't fully appreciate the glory of God in this life. But our souls magnify God when we become more aware of his greatness and praise him for it. But the amazing thing about God is, despite his greatness, he doesn't just look down at us feeble human beings and shake his head at our pathetic efforts thinking we're great because we've been to the moon and yet there's uh, how many million stars out there it said on the screen he actually helps us to see his glory as I said in that video the reason Jesus came that first Christmas was because God wants to know us and for us to know him Verse 18 of the reading we had from John's Gospel, it said, No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father has made him known. God is spirit, we can't see him, but he's revealed himself, he's revealed his character to us in Jesus. Because Jesus is truly God, we can know God. If we see God in Jesus, then what is God like? What is God like? Well, verse 14 of that same chapter said, The word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. In Jesus, we see the glory, the greatness of God. And God's glory is what makes him God. There are many aspects of his greatness we could talk about. The fact that he is uh, all-powerful, that he is all-knowing, he's unchangeable, he's holy, he's perfect, he he never lies. 
He's perfectly just. But the two things that this passage brings out, I just want to leave you with this evening, the fact that he's full of grace and he's full of truth. Grace is not the prayer we say before we have a meal together here. It's not the name of our great reader earlier on. That's a lovely name to, to have. God's grace is his love for us that we don't deserve. The fact that he's willing to forgive us when we don't deserve to be forgiven. He wants to love us when we don't really deserve to be loved. And the way he showed his love was in the gift of Jesus Christ. A couple of chapters later in John 3, it says this, God loved the world in such a way that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The world, we didn't deserve the gift of God's Son. God didn't need to give us his Son. But because of his grace, he did give us his Son. That is his glory. That is why he's such an awesome God. He's full of grace. But what he also reveals of himself in Jesus is the fact that he's full of truth. And deep down, what we're all searching for is truth. We want that love that um, we were talking about. But we want it to be true. We want that love to be genuine. If somebody lies to us, if somebody betrays us, it hurts. It goes against our inbuilt desire for truth and honesty and loyalty. Don't know how many Adele fans there are here tonight. How many might be getting an Adele album for Christmas or have downloaded it already? Another successful one. Many more millions sold. She's got a very distinctive voice, hasn't she? She can also sing quite well as well. But her voice is suited to the sort of more soulful, more bluesy numbers, which is why she always seems to sing about broken relationships. And many of us, I'm sure, can relate to that at some stage in our life, the pain of a broken relationship. What Jesus came to offer was a true relationship. He's true. He's real, and he's real not just because people were able to touch him and see him. He's true because he offers the chance of a genuine relationship with God himself in which we can know his deep, true love. We had someone around for lunch last week who grew up as a a Muslim and was telling us about his reaction when somebody told him that through Jesus he could have a personal relationship with God. He said, he'd always been taught, you, you obey God, you revere God, you respect him, but you don't have a personal relationship with him. And it filled him with terror. You can't call him father, surely. But actually, that's what the Bible tells us. When uh, Jesus was asked by his disciples, teach us how to pray. He said, this is how you pray, our father in heaven. There are some great relationships God gives us to enjoy in this life. And I'm sure there are some people very special to you here in this room with you. And I hope you can appreciate them this Christmas. If you were at the Carols in the Square the other night, you would have heard two two young adults with um, uh, Down syndrome share the pain of the loss of their mother. Somebody who had adopted them, who'd loved them, who'd brought them up, showing them tremendous sacrificial love. There are some tremendous relationships we can enjoy, but sadly none of them 
is perfect because none of us is perfect. But to say God is full of truth is to say that the relationship you have with God is the one truly perfect relationship we can enjoy. The Son, we are told here, is in the closest relationship with the Father. And it's he who makes it possible for us to have that close, intimate relationship with the Father. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It was Jesus who reconciled us to God. He dealt with all our imperfections. He forgave us for seeking our own way, seeking our own greatness, living as if we didn't need God. It's Jesus who takes our burdens away, who gives us strength for each day. And it's Jesus who gives us hope and joy and peace. Jesus came to enable us to become children of God and to experience his grace, his truth, the truth of a relationship with our Father in heaven that will last forever. I hope you will receive and experience that grace and that truth this Christmas time. Let's close now by praying. Father God, we praise you for your greatness, for your glory. And as we look at the immensity of the the night sky, the vastness of the universe, we are humbled and humbled that you should choose to come into this world to make yourself known and for us to be able to know you. Thank you that Jesus came to show us your glory, the glory of your grace and your truth. We thank you for your love for us and we thank you that we can have a true, perfect relationship with you. So Lord, may we experience that truth and that grace this Christmas time we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas to you all.